guys and the girls were like. He likes little girls like me. Oh, really? Huh? He was he was like, how do you know? How should I talk? How should I approach this situation? How should I? You know, he was. He He's was, very analytical. He's well, yeah, analyzing. Yeah, he was. He's he was figuring it out. He yeah. Jacob and Devin and Bella, they were all giving him some good advice. Yeah. And you got to do the fine with your girlfriend. Find your girlfriend. Yeah. That's it. You yeah. see, you're in God's shape. You got to find what? Find my son a girlfriend. What were you saying? Oh, I, I said I told him that he, he his mommy could help him set up a dating app. Oh. Yeah. 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 Let me think about it. Well, no, but I'm saying. The only reason I'm saying this because I got told that last week that my profile is on like Tinder and two or three other things. I was like, I don't have any of that. I'm not on that because oh, I've got my, my friends are single, but it's not me. It's my picture, but I, I said, you can look on my phone, you can look on his phone. That's, I don't have any of that. Some ugly guy found your picture and wanted your picture to be yeah, him. She's telling me that I've, I've got all these, I've seen your old ones. Why are you so mad that I moved? That I don't have any apps. I don't do nothing because of work to come home. The highlight of my week is going to church on Sunday. Poor, poor. That's what I was, I was talking to Chris earlier. We were, they were talking about the shot, talking about the microchips and everything. I said, look, if they got microchips, they could put microchips in me all they want to track me. That's the most boring job in the world, tracking Clayton Yak. Go to work, go to church, go home. <laughs> if they want to sit there and watch me all day long, let them do it. So. I'm not. I think we're going to, no, I want I'd rather start 90 day fiance stuff. I know I'm foreign. Right? 90 day fiance stuff. <laughs> anyway, some Ukrainian or, right. <laughs> some of them are cute. Some of them are looking for an American. Yeah, <laughs> That's what, yeah, that's the money. The, the foreign one is about money. They're either trying to get money or they're trying to get a visa. So, up, so. Oh, man, what a good guy. Look at you. You love her, don't you? Oh. Well, we'll start our part here. We're, t we're still talking about grace. And up there, I, I tried to draw an umbrella, and I was not doing a good job. I want to do the umbrella of grace, but it's kind of divided in different types of grace. It's all grace, but there is. So, well, you weren't here, so I just did that. 
So there's prevenient grace, which we talked about, I think, last week, cooperating grace, persevering grace, and uh, consummating grace. And we got biblical support for all this. We're just kind of taking it all the time. I know you guys were here last. Prevenient gra grace is the grace before you even realize you got grace. And, you know, we're, as, you know, the Bible talks about, he laid all this down at the foundation of the world. Before you were even born, before you were, <laughs> before your parents were born, grandparents were born, God's grace plan for you as an individual was already started. And, and the preparation, I think we kind of touched on this in weeks before of, I think you were giving your testimony a couple of weeks ago about how, you know, that even, you know, things were happening in your life that was directing your path. I think that's what we were talking about, wasn't it not? Yeah, and that's, it's, it's an amazing thing how, you know, there's a grace that's out there that even in our resistance to it, God is working on us. He's, 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 he's putting the people in our lives. He's putting situations in our lives, the, you know, without us even realizing that. And, and we can't underestimate that grace because that grace is so important because until we have the grace that we don't realize that God's working our life, we don't ever get to the point to where we work towards that cooperating grace. The cooperating grace is when we do, when our eyes are finally open, God's worked so long to get your eyes open and he find, you know, he's doing the, the pre-grace work and he gets your eyes open. Suddenly the grace that we have is the strength to do cooperating grace. And what we mean by cooperating grace is that's where the scripture says, work out your salvation, you know, with fear and trembling. What Paul is talking about there is cooperating grace to what do I need to do to be saved? That's where you ask, what do I need to do to be saved? I ask, you know, ask him in my heart. I ask for forgiveness of my sins. And it's also the cooperating grace that when you become a Christian, you start acting like a Christian. And, and I think we got into this, the Pelagian controversy. I think this was before you guys weren't here for that Pelagian controversy where Pelagius was a priest that taught that we can, we can, salvation's completely our will and we can live a sinless life and it's about works. And the, this was a major, I know that sounds weird to them. Who would believe that? It was a major controversy in the first couple centuries of the church. Pelagius was starting to get, it, it, it was basically legalism. And he, and he actually said, we, grace is given to you when you earn it. You have to do this, do this, do this. You start, and actually we see a lot of it in our, I hate to say this, charismatic Pentecostal circles. Uh, Pentecostals have always been accused of being Pelagius pr proponents. Because I even hear Pentecostal preachers get up and says, you know, the reason why you're not getting healing is because you got sin in your life. No, healing is grace. I've seen some honorary people get healed. <laughs> right, no, they did not. And it actually, if you'd ask, oh, no, I'm not Pelagius, you know, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and that's, and that's where the cooperating grace comes in. I can't live for Christ without his grace. I can't, you know, to say, because Pelagius said, no, you earn it. And 
like I said, this was years before, and I mentioned this last week, so I'm sorry you're hearing the same thing, but I'm going to say this for their benefit. Long before you guys ever got here, before our present pastor got here, there was an evangelist that came and was doing a healing. And his thing was, people, while your healing's not happening is because you have, you've got sin in your life still, and you're, you're not, he said, you got to be that perfect high priest going to the Holy of Holies. That's Pelagianism that he was preaching. Well, one, I can't get into the Holy of Holies because I'm a human. <laughs> I, I got to send Christ goes into the Holy of Holies, and I get credit for that. He's my high priest. He is the perfect, after the order of Melchizedek, not after Aaron. And it's just any good that I So we're getting away from the previate, which means pre-grace, that God begins working before you even realize it. Now we're talking... You're leaving too? <laughs> She's upset. She's a secret Pelagian. <laughs> so, uh, she's singing today. <laughs> so, uh, any good that I do, I mean, is completely under the power of his grace. So when I give my heart to him, I say, Lord, forgive me my sins. Come live in my heart. Save me. And then I get up from that altar and I start reading my Bible more and I start praying more and I'm starting to be nice to people more. And, I, and that is all by the Holy Spirit's working. The Holy Spirit is at the centrality of grace. We got to remember this. He's, he's the one that convicts you. He's the one that, you know, tells you about Jesus, points you to Jesus. But even in our daily living, any, if I volunteer my time at a homeless shelter, if I, you know, give money to a missionary, this is still the... under. If it wasn't for the grace of God, I wouldn't want to. We started talking last week about the Garden of Eden, what happened when sin entered the Garden of Eden, when they disobeyed, how suddenly the glory that was on Adam and Eve left them, and they became worldly at that moment. And, and I know that's real simplistic, but it is so true. The worldliness of, wow, I'm not having God walk with me, so... It was easier to hear from Satan than it was from God at that moment. And so there. Exactly. Whatever it was. Makes sense. Yeah, it makes, he makes now he makes sense because I can understand sin. I can understand rebelliousness. I can understand envy and strife and all of this. Before that, there was none of that. They were they were naive and innocent. Yeah. When 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 Satan first comes to them, well, no, but God said this, but God said that, and then it works, and all of a sudden, strife enters the world, sickness enters the world death enters the world and like you just said the sin nature comes on them and i think the sin nature was a blocking to the power of god in their lives to where the only way they could get through that sin nature was by the grace of god this was not that on their own power going man we really messed up you know oh we really need to go back to god they did not have that capability on their own that the, the power, and everyone talk, considers the Holy Spirit a New Testament. The Holy Spirit was alive and well in the Old Testament. The Holy Spirit is coming to them and saying, yeah, you did mess up. 
you, you still have this. And there's always this myth that Adam and Eve went away from that really great people of faith after that. And I think they struggled. <laughs> you know, they, you know, they getting kicked out of paradise, they were having the sin nature. Yes, God gave them promises, but that was still a working, as Philippians says, working out your salvation. That's the that's where I base this cooperating grace on this. There comes a point where we, this is the free will part of it. This is our free will. This is where the free will comes in and goes, we do have to work out our salvation. We do have to, yes, you're given the story of salvation and it's there. God, God prepared that salvation story of grace before the foundations of the world. And that's the pre-grace. But then when it's put before you, the cooperating grace, that's where, that's why we call it cooperate. There has to be cooperation, the free will part to where I'm a sinner. I need a savior. And that savior is Jesus. Nah, not going to do it. <laughs> You're not being cooperative. <laughs> you know, it's, it, that is where grace is resistible. That's, you know, we call it resistible grace, you know, where you, and I'm sure we all know somebody in your life that, boy, they are resisting, you know, you're, <laughs> they're, they're holding on to that door. Ever see a dog going into the vet's office where it puts its paw up on the side? <laughs> they're going in kicking and screaming. Uh, that's where the grace becomes more on us. And I want to, I think Adam and Eve did that. I mean, they, you know, I don't know. I wish there was more written about Adam and Eve. Because after that, there's not really anything said about them. You know, how I want to believe it was a difficult thing. I think there was a lot of bitterness. They lost paradise. They're suddenly. You know oh, oh, well, you want to talk marital problems. <laughs> you know? I mean, well, you were there. No, but you did it first. You know, this that's where he says the superior, you know, that there will be strife between the two of you. You'll be you'll be looking to dominate each other. And I guarantee you there was some bitterness about <laughs> Adam and Eve. I don't know. She had a lot of babies, so I don't think it took a while. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, but I'm glad you went there because then because that sin nature was passed on to them to where we see a good example of cooperating grace and non-cooperating with it in Cain and Abel. Seth was the seed. Seth was the seed. They had a, they had a third one. A third. Okay. Well, they had a whole bunch. <laughs> they had a whole bunch. Okay, uh, not the seed of Adam. Yeah. Oh, that's the old thing that that comes from the teaching that actually Satan and Eve had sex and developed. Yeah. That that that's an old heresy. I I Seth became the line of promise, and Cain was not. And so I think that's probably what Seth became the line that Abraham came from, and uh, Noah. Noah was a Sethite. And 
everybody else were the Canaanites, I guess, and they died in the flood and everything. They kind of went a worldly way. And Seth was considered the line of promise, that the promise was going to come through that line, which, of course, it did. And, uh, but that's, that's a great point because we see that because there is a cooperating grace. Even when you see they're, you know, they're bringing the sacrifice, Cain and Abel, you know, and, you know, be, you know where God accepted Abel's, and it, well, we're, we're, we're cutting, whatever, we're, but it was really more about I don't think it was so much about the crops it was really about his attitude I think it was more about Cain's attitude bringing his and 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 there was it And I think you, as you see the result of Cain's response to God, because God really did not come down that hard at Cain at that moment. He just said, hey, this. Cain's attitude showed his heart because it led to murderous thoughts. In fact, it, it's so funny because... That's God's mercy at that point. I'm glad we went to this point. This is good. Because even when God is dealing with Cain there, he says, I'm worried about you. Sin is at your, sin is creeping up in order to, sin desires you. It's the same word. I think I mentioned this. I don't remember if I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. That same word there that sin is desiring you is the same one he used to his parents in the Garden of Eden. Your desire will be for each other, which means dominance. You're going to, you both are going to want to dominate each other. And it's the same word that God uses for Cain. It's sin is at the door, man. And it is wanting to dominate you by this attitude. His cooperating part of himself was not working here. Because part of cooperating, it's, it's how we view the Holy Spirit. So many people view the conviction of the Holy Spirit as condemnation. When we're not working in the flow of the Holy Spirit, we call conviction condemnation. Condemnation comes from Satan. Conviction comes from the Holy Spirit. Conviction is, you can do better. I can work on you. Condemnation is there's no hope. You're a jerk. You're a sinner. That's what Satan tells us, but he disguises it as conviction. Isn't it weird how our blind, see, that's where it was at this situation. Cain is sitting there, and God said, I accepted his i didn't like your what you did but you can do better be careful man sin is at your door and it wants to dominate you so you need to get this attitude straight and cain does it hatred in his heart that's where jesus comes back it's more wonderful everything in the bible connects to each other that's where jesus said if you hate your brother you've committed the sin of murder it's as though you've committed the sin of murder in your heart because murder starts with what hatred in your heart and he said and here are brothers. And this shows the sin nature of man automatically goes towards evil because they didn't know about murder. Right. Cain just goes, I hate him. Well, what do I want to do? I want to hit him with this rock and kill him. And 
that's where sin nature, you know, James talks about when um, uh, lust is conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin is conceived, it brings forth what? Death, Death. you know? And so he, he kills them. And that's the sin nature of man without the, when we choose to reject the cooperating of, to cooperate, cooperate with God's grace, the sin nature will take over. And good people will do some weird things <laughs> when they're not cooperating with God's grace. It's like, I've, I've heard so many times people say, I never thought that was in me to do that. Well, when you do resist the grace of God, you don't be surprised what people will, will do. I mean, let's go back to World War II. If you went a decade before Hitler took control and you ask people, would you support this, you know, what, you know, Holocaust and all that? And, oh, of course not. I wouldn't do that. But then when you get your eyes off God, and there were a lot of churches that went in with Hitler, <laughs> don't be surprised what man is capable of doing left to his sin nature. I mean, we basically believe this thought that man is basically sinful, is not good. Any goodness that comes through man comes from the grace and the cooper, you know, us cooperating with the grace of God. And so Cain is sitting there, he murders his brother, and God does the same thing with Cain that he did with his parents. Where's your brother? God knew where his brother was. He goes, well, am, I, am I my brother's keeper? He says, well, his blood is crying out from the dirt. Okay, yeah, I did it. He says, well, you're getting kicked out. And it's amazing what the sin nature also does here. Well, if I go out there, then someone's going to be able to kill me. He's thinking about himself in this situation. Despite the fact that God says, I'm not going to, you know, do any, I'm, you know, God could have killed him right there. But he said, no, I'll, he put the mark on him and things like that. He still resisted the grace of God. So this cooperating grace is where it starts coming about upon our free will to where you get up and you're wonderfully saved, but the question's, okay, Lord, what now? What do I need to do now to continue this? Not based on works. You're not doing a workspace thing, but, you're, but you get to the point where you realize in order to sustain what I've got here, I've got to change my life. And uh, you were talking a few weeks ago, like your music. Pat Boone. Yeah, heavy metal. <laughs> Pat, no, the Pat yeah. Boone. <laughs> I said Pat Boone. Great. Each time I pray about it, my grace is sufficient. And I go back to that verse, and I wasn't even 
fluent in the Bible at that point. But my, I would go back to that verse, and I was, I just have to. Yeah, and it's not an issue now. I mean, that was years ago, but that was just something I needed. But that's cooperating grace. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the cooperate working out your salvation, because that's where we have to be careful as a Christian, as part of a community of Christians, to where, like you said, all that other stuff, mm-hmm. gone. gone, immediately. Immediately. But this what area? Yeah. But on the other hand, I could, I could probably bring out people who, the music, I gave that up quick. <laughs> it's a, that's where we have to show grace to each other that's part of cooperating grace too to where you know I, and I, I guess it's with age this has come with me a little bit because you know I'm like some people go I can't believe that so and so has got so many issues with that and I go yeah but I have my own issues in this you know we all have but it's a cooperating grace to where I, I used to be an addictions counselor and one of my biggest questions and never been answered I give this all to just the will of God and his sovereignty and everything how some people can come up from the altar instantly delivered from an addiction of some I mean they I mean and they're big into the addiction they go to the altar they're saved and suddenly go no more desire but then there are other Christians people who go to the altar truly saved and they get up from it and that's it's still a struggle for them and unfortunately you get to the legalist and the pelagianism i taught you a new word pelagianist well they're not truly saved because they still struggle with it if they were truly saved they would say dude come on you know and i I can't why does it one come up instantly delivered from that addiction and someone else it's a struggle on a daily and they may make it okay but it's a struggle. I mean, they, they go, I can't be, I got to give up all those friends. I got to, I got to, I got to go different directions. And, you know, I, I've, in my addictions counseling, you know, I've had people who said, I can't watch TV anymore because of a beer commercials and all that stuff like that. Whereas there are some who were just as heavily addicted to alcohol. I don't watch beer commercials. It doesn't bother me. I've been delivered. You know, I don't know. <laughs> God, you should make it cookie cutter, but he does it. You know, it, he does it. And that's where, that's where our grace for each other needs to come in, you know, to where, like you said, it's a, it's a cooperating grace to where you walk up, you get up from the altar, all that other stuff's gone, but man, ACDC, yeah, it, 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 and like I said, it could have easily been something else, but yet there are other Christians who, I gave up music. You need, you need to meet with faith on that. <laughs> it's tough being a Christian in, the, in Texas if you don't like Southern gospel. <laughs> oh, and faith is one of them. She's like, oh, gosh, Southern gospel. You know, but, and so, and so you, you, so your prayers, do you mind telling me how long was that struggle with the music? So why do we think that God allows that one area to be a struggle, but everything? Well, it's definitely getting stronger. I can look hindsight now. That's where I'm going. It drove me to go back into the Bible and to read and to mm-hmm. struggle. And you would think just something simple as, as music, but, you know, it was one of those things I was really praying, God, pull me, pull me in because there's, there's something I'm missing here. And it was really just God drawing me. Because I, I feel like if everything would have been lifted, I would have been one of those spoiled Christian brats. You know? So it's like, well, I just, 
get up from the altar and you don't you don't have God's complete and total blessing, the snob or whatever. But uh, Pelagianism. <laughs> And that's where I was going. You, you went exactly, I was guiding you, and you went exactly where I was wanting you to go. But, but, I mean, and that's what Paul was talking about. He said, man, if I didn't have this thorn, I'd be a snotty, superior, looking down on everybody thing. struggled with that before his conversion. Yeah. From being a Pharisee and being snotty and stoning so, people and casting judgment on So what you're saying, he probably still had a struggle with that. He was the smartest of the apostles, probably. Yeah. So he, he probably had an air of arrogance about him. I, I think he did. Well, you could kind of read <laughs> the counselor coming out. I mean, he did have an area of arrogance about him, and he, but he admitted it. I'm a Pharisee of the Pharisees. So that's usually the thing when you, like, you admit, hey, my issue is music. Yeah. And that's the struggle. And that's what we did in addictions counseling, man. Admit that you have a problem with. The, the person who he always feared of going back into relapse, was the person said, nah, I, I, I don't have a problem there. No, it, you know, the person gets up every day who says, I'm a recovering alcoholic. I, this is a struggle I need to be on top of every day. I cannot get lazy. I cannot be haphazard with this because the minute I'm haphazard, something will, and particularly the, the, the Christian recovering addictive pers- person goes, I need to daily crucify myself in this area because the minute I feel like that's when the devil will come in full blast. And so, but that's part of cooperating grace. That's where, Lord, I can't do this on my own. I, I, Pelagianism said, yeah, you got to do it on your own. And almost to kind of give God the idea that you've earned it. God says, I'll bless you now because you, you did that. And Augustine, who fought, you've heard of Augustine. I think most people have heard of Augustine. Augustine was the real anti, he, he debated Pelagius, said, no, there's, there's, no, there's no one righteous, not one. That's what the scripture says. Our righteousness is what? As filthy rags. That's how we approach the throne. Now, he takes care of those filthy rags, but he's the one that has to take care of it, not us. Our righteousness is filthy. Our, our righteousness, yeah. And that's the grace and mercy. And Jesus is the focal point of that. Whereas Pelagius made, we got to do this. We got to earn this. And then Christ cooperates with you. And that's arrogance right there, you know, and you know, because Christ doesn't need us. <laughs> we need him. And so we look at this and we go, I have to sacrifice. I have to crucify myself every day you know there, there's that passage of scripture i'm messing this up maybe you guys can help me here whereas you know you know trials lead to perseverance and perseverance leads to um i'm in a blank here but leads to you know grace and mercy and strength i'm stronger through my perseverance through my struggles and and that's what paul was saying he said my when jesus said my grace is sufficient for you and then he said well then i will glory in my suffering the more because when i am weak he is made strong that's cooperating grace to where i realize this and i and i go because he probably got up and said okay you know he said get rid of the thorn no get rid of the thorn no 
Get rid of the thorn? No. My grace is sufficient for you. Then I give you my thorn. And I, I, I will do this. And probably live with it the rest of his life. Now, the thorn wasn't saying he was a sinner. Which the Pelagius would say, well, if you still got the thorn, it means you got sin in your life. And that's not what Christ said. He said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. You have my grace. You're just going through this trial. We go through these trials. I don't know how we make it through the trials without cooperating grace. To where, if you don't have cooperating grace, you're lazy. You're like that, I got everything I don't need. And then you get the attitude, I don't need Jesus. I think, typically think the person who, grow, who comes up from the altar delivered from all those addictions or whatever that situation is, they quickly find something else they didn't know about that might be their struggle. Pride, maybe. I think the number one thing is pride for people. You know, that, that I, you look at the heart of all sins is pride. And, but I don't know. I just put that to the, to the sovereignty of the Lord that he says, this person I'm delivering right away from this, and this person needs to needs me to remember they need me to make it. Th- he just knows that maybe the personality of the person. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like why God allows some Christians to become rich and some to struggle financially. He says they don't need a million dollars. That's the last thing they need is a million dollars. Because if they get a million dollars, they're going to be in debt five million dollars. You know? or, or they're going to spend it on the wrong things. And so, but that's the grace of God. But no matter what he puts us through, we have his grace. There comes a point, though, we get to the point to where it has to be a cooperating grace, working out our own salvation to where we go, where you said, like, uh, I don't need to be listening to ACDC or anything like that. So that's, that's cooperating grace. But that, there's a benefit that comes from cooperating grace. When you go, I am reading my Bible, not to earn salvation, but to further your relationship with Christ and make you grow closer to him, you see the benefits of it. And, and those recovering addicts that I've dealt with, afterwards you know they go a year or two of recovery and they're, they're still sober they go that was a rough two years but man now i've kind of you know there's like a couple years you know when you make it you're kind of your chances of uh, really Ooh, they do they said i've heard people mock the people who go online or say something hey six months clean to for those of us who were never addicted you know but to a person that's six months was hell. <laughs> I mean, it. I mean, they're like sweating, and they're and so I. I have a friend who she just had her one year sobriety, and I mean, she she's like one year sober. One, and there's a couple people in line went really, but for her, that's a year of grace. That's a year of cooperating grace. That's a year, and it was and Satan threw everything but the kitchen sink at her that year. It that one year sobriety, and she she's part of AA and stuff, and she gets a little. And she was proud of that medallion you get at one year and she earned it. And she said, but this, but it this represents the struggle. It represents the fight. It represents the, the, the waking up and having that urge to get the alcohol and fighting it tooth and nail, which she said, it was hell. <laughs> it was a hell of a year, you know, literally. And she says, 
now I just got to make another six months, <laughs> you know, and, and you know what, you do appreciate it more. And she goes, this represents, you know, she says, some days I grab that medallion and I'm just squeezy with all my might. And it does. And, and, you know, hopefully for the Christian going through that, it's not just the medallion. We got a working relationship that he, that's where we're working out our own salvation to where, Lord, what do I need to do? And the Lord says, well, you need to get rid of this out of your life. You need to put this in your life. Well, what about them? That I'm working their salvation out with them. <laughs> I'm talking about, we get so much concerned with other people's working out their salvation. We get kind of deflected away from our own working and said, you know, you know, what I'm doing with him, that's between me and him. You're my focus. And Pelagianism focused on other people. Well, you know, they're, you know, they're not like me. And the Lord says, I'm glad they're not like you. <laughs> I don't need any more of you in the church. Any questions, any comments? We didn't get to, we'll get into preserving and consummating grace. And we'll explain what those mean. Anything else? goodness of God the goodness of God and that's why I wanted to do an umbrella because we're covered by his grace we're covered by protected by his grace those children are protected so the other problem I have with extreme not all not all Calvinists believe this but the extreme Calvinists they believe some kids go to hell some babies go to hell and I they just God picks <laughs> well, not all Calvin. Let me say this: not all Calvinists believe that. I'm talking about the ultra conservative, the super Calvinist, what they call themselves. That it, it because it has nothing. It said God determines who's saved, so He can determine this baby goes to hell, and this baby goes to heaven. That's that's the extreme Calvinism, and I'm that that just to me that just goes against the. It, it does not go to me. This is where I have, and I, I have some Calvinist friends. I say, sorry, guys, that just goes against the goodness of God. If he's supposed to be the heavenly example of a heavenly, of a father, what father, if he has four kids, sends two to death and saves two? It, I, my, my illustration is your four kids have a disease that they're dying from, and you've got the, you've got the antidote, the medicine that will save them. You've got plenty of it. You can, you can cover all of them. It's not like you have to pick because you only got one. You've got plenty of it. You go, for my glory. This is what, the, because they say God sends people to hell for his glory. It says, those two will get the medication. I withhold that too from those two. What would we say about that father? Yeah. Horrible father. Yeah. But we make God out that way. And because his salvation covers the whole world. For God so loved the world, he gave his own... He didn't say for God loved part of the world and he only sent Jesus to save him. He said, and the, and the scriptures also says his will is that none should perish. So his grace is sufficient to cover everybody. 
I think it's available to everybody. Now, one of those four kids, if you get the medication, they I don't want to take that medication. Yeah. God, God, I know. God is good. God is good. And I just, it just goes against the, I, know, I believe in the sovereignty of God. And that, that's what they focus on. God can, he, I got a friend that's one of those ultra Calvinists. It's almost not a friendship now because I just, he doesn't like my, he, he thinks I'm a Pelagianist, a Pelagianist because he, they, they accuse all Pentecostal being Pelagians. But uh, he said, oh, if you go to hell, you're going to be praising God in hell. You're going to be thanking him because his sovereignty made you. It's your sovereignty. I'm here. Praise the Lord. And I'm like, no, they, he said there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That does not sound like praise. You're complete. Hell, I, you, the worst thing about hell is not the flames or whatever. It's separation from you're going to finally realize that God's not around. God's still with us as sinners. You're going to feel the absence of God in hell, and that will what make hell, hell. And I said, I mean, they even talk about, well, your child dies. You thank God that for his glory, you took my child early. You know, like, what? <laughs> it's not the goodness. That does not represent the goodness of God. The goodness of God is about grace. And that's what, I know we got it, but that was about the children. No, yeah. Uh, grace, grace, God's grace, grace, God, grace that is greater than all our sin. So, Lord, thank you for your grace. It is the ultimate story of you is your grace and your mercy that you have shown us. Lord, I just thank you right now. Let us not only live in your grace and cooperate, give us wisdom and have your Holy Spirit convict us when we need conviction, but strength to help us to have cooperating grace. But Lord, let us show grace to others as well, because that's important, because we need to be your representative of grace in our world of the people we know. Lord, thank you in your precious name. Amen. Uh, not under the old regime she oh. did. She hasn't sunk since we've gotten